Despite a couple of warmer days in February, the rest of the month as well as the beginning of March have been quite cold in Luxembourg this year. I personally was very naive hoping I could already put my gloves and the scarf away and bury them deep in my closet until November. Unfortunately, I still keep on wearing them, but I really hope the warmer days will come soon. And I'm quite confident I'm not the only one waiting for nice weather. And there are others who wait until the temperatures go higher, so they can start doing sports outside and go for longer walks. Our today's guest has been doing sports for a very long time. And contrary to me, she doesn't take the cold weather as an excuse to stay indoors. My name is Konrad, and you are listening to episode 5 of the Chronicles of Curious Characters. We are taking things a bit differently in this episode. We are not recording in the studio. Actually, we are outside on location in a very nice forest just behind Deles in Bertranche. And it's, I think, the warmest day this year. We are uh, meeting with my guests around middle of February. And since I already mentioned my guest, I will let her introduce herself. Hello, my name is Mireille and I'm uh, from Belgium, but I'm living in Luxembourg for almost 24 years. That's a long time. And where from Belgium you're coming from? Uh, I come from the German-speaking part. Maybe a lot of people don't know that you also speak German in uh, Belgium, but it's around 70,000 people speaking German. For me, that's, that's very interesting because I always heard about the Flemish part of Belgium, the Wallonian, and I also heard about the German part, but it was a bit mysterious <laughs> part of Belgium for me because I never physically found it on the map and I've never been there. Uh, I also never met anyone from that part of Belgium. Is that part of, uh, of German-speaking Belgium different and unique from the rest of Belgium in geography or culture? Not really. So if you check it on the map, so you have the Flemish part, uh, the French-speaking part, and let's say it's close to the German border. So a little line. If you go to the north of Luxembourg, then it starts. And if you go up, you are close to Liège and to the Dutch border. And yeah... It's a kind of line. <laughs> so it's it's very close to uh, to, to Luxembourg. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So when I go to my parents, uh, I go through Luxembourg, and and then um, it's around uh, forty kilometers in in the north. So then I'm at my home place. <laughs> and you've been living in Luxembourg for twenty four years. Yes, more or less, yes. Mm-hmm. Since you've been living in Luxembourg for 24 years, which is quite long time, uh, do you think you will stay here or do you think you will move somewhere else? 
I still like it here, so I plan to stay here and maybe in 10 or 20 years, you never know where I want to go, I don't know. I think this area of, of Belgium and Luxembourg together, there is a lot of natural places, lots of forests, lots of nature. And I'm mentioning that because I know that you are probably one of the most fit and sporty people that I know. And you've been doing sports quite a lot. Um, could you maybe tell us when you started doing sports and the reason? So I started uh, sports when I was uh, five or six years old. So if I can tell you my age, so I'm 48 years old, almost 49. So you can count. Uh, it's quite a lot of years. So when I was then a child, I started with gymnastics. My mother went to me to my first class and I can still remember that. And then um, I also started with dancing later on and I had almost every day something, either gymnastics, dancing. I also had ballet classes and uh, yeah, that was my program until I started uh, studying. So when I started studying, I went to Liège. So there I stopped quite a lot of things. So, But I just kept dancing on the weekend. And then later on, when I started to work, I went for the first time in a gym. And there I started to follow some classes like Taibu or Step and some body pump. And then I liked it. And then... Sometimes I used to run outside, but it was not yet regular. Uh, so I do that now for, let's say, around 22 years. I still like it, and if I would have to stop it for any reason, I would be very sad. <laughs> well, for, thank you, thank you for this introduction uh, to the to the sports part that we are going to talk about today. As far as I know. Your work in Luxembourg is not associated with sports. And you mentioned that at the very beginning from when you were five or six, you started dancing with ballet. Was there a reason why you did not continue with that, that you didn't want to maybe uh, try to make a living out of it? Was it only because you started studying in Liège or was there a different reason? I started my studies in a completely other area. So I... Uh, studied economics, accounting, and so on, but I never planned to make it my profession. And uh, right now you work uh, in an office, right? You have a sitting position. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. So I'm sitting uh, the whole day, so I always have the feeling that I have to move when I'm back from from the office and... Uh, then I go to the gym or sometimes in the summertime I go out for a run and uh, yeah, I just need it. Before we talk about your achievements and how far you run and what kind of other things you do with sports, I know that there are many people uh, working from the office at the desk. People also work these days uh, from home. 
because of the home office, uh, many businesses move to a different way of working. And because people work from home, they find themselves walking less and less. And those people, so far, they have not been doing any sports and maybe they want to start doing some sports. Can you recommend how a person could start doing a bit more sports for someone who has not have any experience with doing sports? If you never did sports and if you want to start running, for example, of course, you have to start slowly. And maybe it's always a good idea to ask a trainer or coach because he can test you to know what are you able to do. And then he can make a program that is personalized and good idea to start. And later on, if when you know your body a bit better or your, you know your energy levels, then you can continue yourself. Yeah, I think, and you partially mentioned that I think it's important to be careful at the beginning, right? Not exactly. to damage yourself, especially for someone who is not used to doing sports. Their their joints might be a bit weaker and the whole body needs to adjust a bit. So your body is very adjust to all kind of crazy things and sorry for saying crazy but you're doing some extreme sports maybe let's start with uh, the one that is i would say more regular one which i think is is running and you've been running for how many years now i'm running now for let's say seven years and i also participate in races for example here in luxembourg city you have the ing marathon or half marathon you have um, the dkv urban trail these kind of things and you also have other trail runs in the north of luxembourg sometimes i also do trail runs in belgium and i like it and it's a motivation to work regularly so to achieve maybe this year you did not so well and next year you do the same race and you can see oh i'm a bit better now and that is what i like so it's always a little challenge and on average uh, what kind of distances do you run Oh, usually i run when i'm training i run between 10 and 20 This morning I went for a 12-kilometer run. So uh, sometimes I don't know when I start. I said, oh, I feel good. My legs are light. So uh, let's push a little bit. But sometimes you want to do, you think, oh, now I want to do 15 kilometers. But then your body doesn't want. So you have to play with it. And yeah, what I always say, you can push hard, but you can not push hard every day that you can't it's normal when you have uh, some days where you are out of energy or you you just rest or you just rest one or two days and then you see it's getting better again you mentioned that because you work from the office you you need to do sports yes. what do you find particularly in in running or doing other sports the thing is that you don't think about your work when you're doing sports and then uh, you are outside you are you're meeting always people and you can uh, talk with them how they do or what you're doing and do you have any uh, specific uh, preparation or warm up before the run and do you do anything in particular after the run 
Uh, for running, I don't do any particular warm-up. I just start running slowly and then when I feel that um, my legs are good, then I push a little bit. And after running, sometimes I do some stretching, but it's really very short. Usually I, I plan during the week, I plan half an hour where I do only stretching so upper body lower body or some mobility exercises it's a bit like stretching and you mentioned that you're also uh, doing uh, or going to a gym these days do you find that uh, going to gym also helps you with your performance when you run Yes, uh, because what I'm doing at the gym is I work my whole body, in fact. So it's important to have good core muscles. And that helps you when you do, for example, some trail running, where it's going up and down, up and down. And then your body uh, stays more straight and more tight, let's say. And that helps you not to get tired. I mean, okay, legs, that's something else, because if you have to uh, run, uh, I don't know, 100 stairs up, uh, so of course your your leg starts to hurt a little bit. But uh, at the gym I do some leg exercises, which helps you to have more power when you want to jump. Yeah, you have different kind of exercises which help you to run. And what I noticed that a lot of runners, they don't do these kinds of exercises. And yeah, sometimes they say, oh, it's boring, what I can understand, but it must not be three times a week, but one time or two times. The gym and running, do you see them indeed as two separate types of sports or as complementary? No, I can't say it's two different kind of sports. It's just uh, running helps you, of course, to stay fit, to have a good uh, cardio. And muscle training helps you to keep your body in shape, nice, strong. So it, it goes, somehow it goes together. And part of your training, you mentioned stretching, uh, you mentioned uh, that a part for your run is, is going to the gym. Do you also have any specific diet that you incorporate into your sports and daily workout? Uh, let's say I don't really count my calories. <laughs> so I I think I pay attention to what I'm eating. I avoid fat pizzas sometimes okay it's fine and I also drink sometimes alcohol so that's not a problem but you have to pay a little bit attention to what you eat because you need good energy for your body and uh, what about drinking but not alcohol but other other things like water or some uh, shakes do you also drink any of those i, I guess you drink water <laughs> uh, but do you also drink any any special drinks that give you the energy either pre- before the workout or afterwards Usually I just drink some water and some green tea in the morning. No, for my trainings I don't take any special drinks. The only thing when I go for a long run, 
I try to have, of course, water with me. And when I do a race, they usually have some energy drinks. And then sometimes I take one of these to get again energy back because you, uh, you, you use a lot of energy and you need some sugar. You mentioned that when you go for a long run, for me a long run is anything above five kilometers. What is a long run for you? Say for me, 10 kilometers is a normal distance and everything that's above, let's say 15, 20, for me it's a long run. In how many different organized runs have you participated in and which one was the longest one? Oh, that's a good question. In the past, let's say before COVID, I participated almost every week at an official run. So uh, let's say per year, maybe I did 45. And uh, now it became, of course, a bit less. And I also don't want to go every week again uh, to do that. So I, I like to run for myself. The next races, I plan to do the DKV Urban Trail and the ING. And how many times a week do you run? Uh, I try to run during the weekends, of course. And now I started to do some interval trainings uh, once a week on the treadmill at the gym. So Because that's very easy when you want to do intervals. You have the machine, you can put the pace uh, you want and you can stop when you want. And that is uh, good when you want to increase your speed. And you still find time to run once or two times a week, to go to the gym three to four times a week, and you still work full-time. How do you manage? How do you stay motivated? Or sometimes you just skip a day because you are not feeling energized? Yeah, sometimes that happens that I don't feel like going to the gym, but... Then I think oh, half an hour is enough, so just do some stretching or some light things, and then at the end you are still happy that you did something. So it's just for your head, I think, when, you, when you're working the whole day and then you need something to make a break between work and going home after. So for me, it's very important. Would you say that you are addicted to sports? Yes. <laughs> but that's a good addiction, right? Yes, uh, but I don't smoke and I don't take anything else. So I think that's the best addiction you can have. And that addiction keeps you healthy as well. Yeah, healthy in my body and healthy in my mind. Since you've done so many different runs, organized runs. I think there's also one type of organized run that you have not mentioned yet. It's the Spartan race. Can you tell to our listeners, explain to them what the Spartan race is about? So a Spartan race is a race with obstacles. Very difficult obstacles sometimes. And I did my first Spartan race last year in Morzin in France. And I started with a middle distance, let's say, because you have different distances. So there's a little uh, of five kilometers where you have, uh, I think, 20 obstacles. And the next one is 10 kilometers where you have 
25 obstacles and then the long one is 21 kilometers and you have 30 obstacles. So I started with uh, the middle distance, it's the super, how they call it, and it was already quite tough because um, in Marzin maybe, uh, if you know the area, it's very hilly. That's already difficult to run up and down, up and down, plus the obstacles. So it's quite interesting because you can run, you have your breath just for running, but if you have to climb on something or carry something or hanging uh, or at the bars or so, it cuts your breath. And that's the interesting thing because you also need to work with other muscles, not only with your legs. Or sometimes you need your legs because you have to carry a 40 kilo uh, ball and the body has to adapt to what it has to do so running is easy but doing or it's not easy but doing these things together carrying or pushing or uh, lifting or whatever that's quite interesting you need a good motivation in your head otherwise you think what crazy stuff is that (laughs) I can definitely imagine uh, that when you have obstacles, different parts of your body and muscles start to start to work. So they influence your your breath and and many other aspects of of your body and this physical exercise. You know, neither of us is a is a native speaker, so maybe we don't know the names of the obstacles. But could you at least describe? the obstacles that usually appear in a Spartan race? Yes, so they have names indeed. (laughs) So you have obstacles, for example, where you have to carry something. It's called Atlas Carry. So you have to carry something really heavy, like a ball. You have to carry it maybe 50 meters without letting it down on the floor. And then you have other obstacles where you... Um, maybe uh, you know the monkey bar? Yes, I do, yeah. So, so you have these kind of things where you just hang on at, on the bars and then you have to, to get to the other side without falling and without uh, a- any help. So nobody can help you, in fact. And um, otherwise you are punished, <laughs> you, you get a punishment, uh, but in seconds, of course, they, they, then they add some seconds or so. And then you have other obstacles where you have to climb a rope, for example, and that can be very high, up to five meters. And of course, when you go up, you have to come down again without <laughs> falling, <laughs> otherwise it might hurt. And then you have uh, also swimming. So uh, you can swim in a little lake. But um, if you are not sure with swimming, they can give you a life vest. So that's... I would definitely need one. (laughs) (laughs) So so what uh, I said already that I did one in Marzin. I also did one in, uh, in the UK. And that was the European Championship of the Spartan Race. And there I made a very bad experience. It was 
swimming but in very cold water so it was maybe six or seven degrees and uh, that was the most horrible thing I did during a Spartan race so I don't mind to get dirty or to uh, to climb or whatever but that was the worst thing and uh, are there any other obstacles there are so many obstacles you have these uh, walls where you have to jump over And of course, different sizes. So you have some low walls, and then they're getting higher and higher. Of course, if when they get higher and higher, you really have to jump to catch it, and then you have to go on the other side and come back, come down again, and then you have the slack line. So it's, um, I think, it's uh, three meters long. And then you have to walk on a very thin slack line. It's suspended in the air, right? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes, exactly. And yeah, that's also quite difficult. You have to exercise it because otherwise you don't get the balance right and then you fall. Yeah. So we already know, like you mentioned, if you touch the ground, you should not touch the ground or if you drop something, you get the penalties mm -hmm. in a form of additional seconds, let's yeah. say. Uh, seconds. Or, yeah, if you miss uh, an obstacle, you have to do burpees. <laughs> What are burpees? burpees? So you do a push-up and then you stand and then you make a jump with your, clapping your hands above uh, your head. Okay, like like if anything else wasn't enough, right, during the run. <laughs> <laughs> so normally when you uh, miss an obstacle, you have to, de to do 30 burpees. For missing once an once obstacle? I only have one. You can try it once, that obstacle, and if you fall or if you miss it, then 30 burpees. Well, I, I guess that doing one obstacle, it's easy If you do multiple obstacles, if you run on top of it, it becomes more and more difficult and people are prone to making mistakes. Are this kind of events like the Spartan race secured by uh, emergency services or first aid services? Yes, of course. At each obstacle you have, of course, people who check if nobody is doing something wrong or is cheating and in case if you fall and you get hurt they are there and they call help so. have you witnessed uh, any incidents or accidents yes, yes yes i saw at my last pattern race in tenerife i saw a lady falling from the rope and i think she fell on on the shoulder so that didn't look nice so she was really shouting and yeah and when this kind of accident or i don't know how to call it accident or incident happens during the race is the race paused for all of the participants or it continues no 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 it continues of course so just uh, the person who get hurt uh, goes on the side and then all the others can do the obstacle of course so like Let's pretend that we didn't see it. If people will take care of it, but we continue. Yeah, yeah, of course, because you can't stop. Uh, no, that would be a disadvantage for the others because the time counts. So it's not like in a Formula One race or so where everybody has to stop. No, there it continues.
And a similar uh, question, but to your runs, when you, for example, just do or go for a run or you run in an organized event such as a half marathon or, or marathon, um, have you experienced any unusual situations? And I'm thinking about both the positive and maybe the negative. Yeah, I'm laughing. Um Once I did a, a run, it was also with some obstacles, but it was something easy. I did it with my cousin, and he is wearing glasses, quite strong. And we had to jump also in the water, and he lost his glasses in the water. So I don't know how he did to continue running. He was running behind me, so I just... he was doing like me the same steps because uh, he couldn't really see anymore where he was running because it was also in the forest and uh, it was not on a on a street where it's easy to run so that was the most funny I don't know but the most uh, special thing that happened so he had to follow you he had to keep up with you he probably got his best time ever right no 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 i we i we we went uh, slowly after because i'm as i'm also wearing glasses i know what it is when you don't see correctly and then um and i said ah we go slowly now and then it's okay so you also run with your glasses or do you put the contact uh, lenses? It depends. Now for obstacles I put lenses. So it's easier because glasses, they can fall down. But when I just go uh, for a run, I wear my glasses. That's uh, that's not a problem. And at the gym I also don't wear glasses. And what are your plans for this year? So this year, so now we are February, so in... Uh, March? Is it in March? No, it's in April, I think, the, the urban trail here in the city center. And then in um, in May, uh, it's the ING half marathon. I don't run marathons, I only do half marathons. And then the first weekend of July, I go back to Morzin to do my next obstacle race. But this time I do the longer distance, so the 21 kilometers with... Um, at least 30 obstacles so yeah and that's quite quite difficult because of course it's not flat so i think last year they had in that uh, distance around uh, 1500 uh, elevation gain meters and you have to go up and go down again so that's quite tough it's it's a nice nice mountain, fifteen hundred meters elevation yes. difference. Yes, yes. Wow, and and you still have to let, like run twenty one kilometers, do the all all yeah. the obstacles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a challenge, so I like that. So I guess uh, challenge it's one thing that motivates you. Also, mm-hmm. being outside is another motivation, and and feeling this uh, this hype that doing sports give you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You, because if you only stay in your comfort zone, I don't know, but you get quickly. You don't have the motivation anymore. So you have to find something for which you can work. You can train that keeps you uh, motivated in fact so if i understood well what motivates you is to to challenge yourself but do you also run and take or participate in those events 
uh, for time to beat the best time or just to challenge yourself no, in a different just way to, <laughs> to finish uh, to to cross the finisher line let's say yeah uninjured yeah uninjured exactly yes yes i do it for myself uh, if maybe the year after i do the same race again maybe then i can try to do a little bit better or so but it's not that i want to win it or no 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 it's just for myself Thank you so much for talking to me today. It was lovely to to have this conversation with you in this beautiful environment. We are in the forest. Uh, to our listeners, maybe you hear the birds singing in the background because it's nice and warm-ish. It's about six to seven Celsius degrees outside, which is the first uh, day in a long time that is that warm. Thank you so much for talking to me. I wish you all the best. Good luck challenging uh, yourself, finishing all the races uninjured, of course. And yes, I, I hope that now uh, you will have very nice weather to do all the sports uh, outdoors. Ah, yes. Even when it's raining or so, I go outside because uh, you feel so fresh after, let's say. And I like it, so... Yeah. No matter what weather uh, there yeah, is, you're always really outside. It's freezing and it's dangerous to run, uh, that uh, you risk to fall. Okay, of course, then I don't go. But when it's dry, and then it's no problem. A big thank you to Mireille for sharing her passion for sports and telling us about the Spartan races. You can find the links to her Strava as well as her Instagram profiles in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can find lots of subscription options to different services and apps on our website, chroniclesofcuriouscharacters.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.